Yo, yo, yo. What is up, guys? Welcome back to yet another episode of Laces Out, the official podcast of the Pigskin Podcast Network. I am your host, Sohaib, and in today's episode, I got a ton of stuff to go over. We got a few head coaching hires to go over, as long as a ton of other news around the league. I will also be going over the Senior Bowl, giving my list of players that really stood out to me this past week, and kind of going through them and kind of say what impressed me the most about them. So sit back, relax, get comfortable, and enjoy the rest of the show. Welcome back everyone to another episode of Laces Out, a podcast in which I go over everything football. The goal of this podcast is simple and that is to break down everything that happens in the NFL world and provide you with a unique insight on things that really happen around the league. With all that being said, Let's just dive right into this week's episode. Let's start off with our Around the NFL segment. All right, let's start off with the biggest news of the week. And before we kind of get into that, um, I just want to say like a quick funny story. The reason why I didn't go over this news in last last episode is I usually record Monday night and then release it Tuesday morning. And then my other episode gets recorded Friday, either gets released Friday night or Saturday morning. But this week, you know, I kind of recorded a bit late. And right when I finished recording and finished editing my Tuesday episode, the Sean Payton news broke out, the D'Amico Ryans news broke out. And it was just really frustrating because I kind of talked about the D'Amico Ryans to the Houston Texans being a possibility. And then right after I finished recording and editing, it just kind of, you know, that all the news came out at once. But no need to worry. I did not forget. Uh, That is what this episode is going to be about. We'll be breaking down the hires and really what to expect from, you know, their respective teams moving forward. So let's start with the Denver Broncos and them landing Sean Payton. After weeks of speculation, the Denver Broncos finally get their guy. And it really didn't come cheap. You know, they gave up a 2023 first via San Francisco, which came from the Bradley Chubb trade from Miami, which, you know, with the Trey Lines deal and whatnot. But long story short, 2023 first and a 2024 second round pick going to the New Orleans Saints. In return, the Denver Broncos obviously get Sean Payton and a 2024 third round pick. So quite the haul for the New Orleans Saints and quite the haul to be given up from the Denver Broncos. Let's start off with, you know, the Denver Broncos side of this. You know, the Broncos are going all in and this ownership is really showing they are doing whatever it takes to really build a winner out in Denver. And if I'm a fan of that team, I would be really excited to see that because ever since they really took over the took over ownership for this Denver Broncos team, they have consistently showed that they are, you know, more than willing to invest in this team. Look no further than week 18 matchup that had no impact whatsoever. AFC West matchup against the Los Angeles Chargers. The field was, you know, in pretty terrible conditions. They really invested $400,000 in a game that really didn't matter to kind of Put in a new, you know, new turf or new grass, whatever they use at Denver, and that really shows that they're really, they really care so much about this football team. And I think that was one of the first things that really showed me and showed everyone, frankly, and probably Sean Payton, that really impressed them was, you know, this ownership is willing to do whatever it takes to win, and they really have been showing that, you know, consistently ever since they took over this Denver Broncos team. But that's, you know, that's really one of the biggest things that I took away from that. As for the hire itself. I really believe that it's a really good fit. And as I said in one of my previous episodes when I was predicting the head coaching hires, Sean Payton is the guy the Broncos needed to get in order to kind of steady the ship and take this team to the next level. Like you look at this team, this team was really not going to rebuild. One, you know, this roster is not bad enough to tank. Two, this defense has the potential 
if not already, you know, a Super Bowl caliber defense. And third, and you know, final point, they simply don't have any picks available. You know, it's pretty straightforward. They don't have any picks available. You, you give up a ton of assets to get the likes of Russell Wilson, the likes of Sean Payton. When you don't have picks, what is really the point of taking? Because you're not going to really reap the benefits. So long story short, I feel like this franchise really needed to win. And they needed to win quickly and, you know, short term. And I really believe that Sean Payton was the best available candidate to help him do that. Again, he really didn't come cheap, but that is the price you got to pay when you're going all in. Nothing comes cheap in winning in this NFL football league. But one thing we can all agree on that is that this Broncos offense, if this Broncos offense was at least somewhat average, they would have been a really solid team. You look at that stat, you know, prior to the season, there was, I'm not sure what the exact numbers are, but... I think they'd be they'd have like 10 wins if they scored over 18 points this past season, maybe 11 wins. 18 points. You know, in today's NFL NFL it's just a modern offensive league right now. And 20 points is like, you know, what really bad offenses score nowadays. And not being able to score over 18 points, you know, considering the fact that it could have led to them getting 10 or 11 wins. That's real. It really goes to show how bad this Denver Broncos team was. But back to my point, if this offense is around the middle of the pack, they don't even have to be a top 10 offense. They don't have to be, you know, an above average offense. They just have to be a middle of the pack average offense. And they really would have been a really solid team. So bringing in a guy like Sean Payne not only improves your offense, he also improves the likes of Russell Wilson, a guy who really disappointed last season. Because if you look at it, you put in, whether you like it or not, the Denver Broncos are tied with Russell Wilson for years to come. And, you know, whether it's a right move or whether it's not, it, it's a move that they have to kind of go with the next couple of years. So you might as well make the most of it. And that is what the Denver Broncos are doing with Sean Payton higher. Because if Sean Payton is able to help improve Russ, something I believe he is more than capable of doing, this Broncos team will be in good shape moving forward. So that's the biggest X factor for this Denver Broncos team. Because as constructed, I feel like they can be a relatively solid team. But it's just a matter of Russell Wilson and whether he can get back to you know his better playing days. And I believe Sean Payton was the only guy out there that could really help steady, you know, make Russell Wilson get back to his stellar playing ways. And that's another reason I like the Sean Payton hire. And then the list goes on and on. You know, I I also believe Payton will bring in a good coaching staff within this week with within this year so i feel like this team should be really well coached next season and that is something that you really couldn't say last year with the likes of nathaniel hackett defensive coordinator um the guy slipping anijo avero really i probably you know butchered his name so bad but you know we ball that coaching staff was really i don't want to say terrible but it was really bad and it really started from the head coach and Getting a guy like Sean Payton, who's been there, done that. And I, th I believe that he's going to bring in a really good staff. So that's another plus to acquiring a guy like Sean Payton. And I feel like the only downside to this move, you know, in a list of positives, I got a list like the downside, is that Payton will most likely have to work with this current roster, considering, as I said, the lack of draft assets and little to no cap flexibility. Whether you think that is a good or a bad thing, that is entirely up to you. Because on one hand, this roster was supposed to be really good last year, as I said. 
And you could argue if they had a competent coach, they would have been better last season. That's pretty obvious. That's fairly obvious, and that is a really fair point. But on the other hand, this is a, a an aging roster starting with the quarterback position, other than Jerry Judy and Javante Williams. Is there really a young stud on the offensive side of the ball? Defensive side of the ball, you there's a few older guys, some younger guys, such as Patrick Sertain, who's really good. However, this is a aging roster overall, and what we've seen last year could ultimately be how this team actually plays. And it really, it really is going to be interesting to see what they do this offseason because, as I said earlier, this front office has really shown that they're willing to do whatever it takes to build a winner. So it looks like they'd be willing to kind of push everything, you know, to future years to kind of build a winner right now. And I think that is the direction they honestly have to take. Kind of take advantage of, you know, you don't have any draft picks, so losing doesn't help you a, a ton. Kind of go all in. You got Sean Payton. You know, you have one of the most expensive quarterbacks in the league. Whether that's going to be a good thing or a bad thing for them, he was a talented QB. So there's talent and, you know, a really solid QB in Russell Wilson. So it's going to be really interesting to see how they go about this offseason and building this team and see whether they... Because the tweaks have to be made. So it's going to be really interesting to see how they do that. Regardless, though. Overall, on my thoughts, I really think this is a really good hire for the Broncos. And if the past is any indication of what's to come, this move could really work out for the Broncos. I feel like the most obvious and most well-known example is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers trading two firsts and two seconds for John Gruden. That move at the time was deemed risky. However, it eventually paid off as it got them a Super Bowl championship. Because that is what Denver is looking for. That is what the ownership is looking for. That is what the fans are looking for. They want a winner in Denver. So if Sean Payton, you know, really comes in and wins them a Super Bowl or two, they really would not care about giving up as much picks as they as they gave up, you know, the past two seasons. So, you know, just overall, I've, if Denver doesn't win a Super Bowl, this move along with the Russell Wilson trade, which is starting to look really bad, will probably go down amongst the worst moves in NFL history. But that is something only time will tell. So... It's going to be really interesting. If I'm a Denver fan, I'd be really excited about this news. You got a really good head coach, one of the top head coaches in the league, and a bright, you know, a one of the best offensive minds that could really, hopefully, unlock, you know, the most expensive, one of the most expensive QBs in the league, and that is something that the Denver Broncos surely need. But yeah, I'd be really excited about this move if I was a Denver fan. Now moving over to the AFC South. We got another head coaching hire to go over. And this time it is for the Houston Texans. As they have officially hired D'Amico Ryans to become their next head coach. This was a move that was announced shortly after the Sean Payton news. So we got it really back to back. And similar to Payton, this was a move many expected to happen throughout the offseason. After Sean Payton, you know, it's kind of ironic that they both got hired the same day. D'Amico Ryans was arguably the most sought-after candidate after coaching up one of the best defenses the last two seasons. And let me just get this right out the bat. You know, first things first, I absolutely love this hire for the Houston Texans. This is a really young team, and bringing in a young, up-and-coming head coach like D'Amico Ryans, that really allows you to build, you know, a really special team, and that is something we really couldn't save for this Houston team since really they were up, what, 17-0 <laughs> against the Chiefs in that divisional round that year. 
yeah, it's been a really, really tough ride for Houston fans. Sorry, Houston. But just overall, just shifting from an older head coach, such as Lovey Smith or, you know, David Cully, no disrespect to them whatsoever. But having a guy like D'Amico Ryans is a much better fit for this young team. And the biggest thing, you know, when coaching a young team is development of the younger players on this team. And D'Amico Ryans' ability to kind of be able to relate to the players is something that I believe Ryans should and will be taken advantage of considering he was playing in the NFL not so long ago. So kind of shifting from a older veteran head coaching hire to a more young, up-and-coming, bright mind in D'Amico Ryans, that is a move that I feel like the Houston Texans had to make, and it's one of the one of the many reasons why I like this move. You know, another reason I like this hire and is D'Amico, and that is D'Amico Ryan's ability to really put his players in the best position to succeed. You know, you look at this Niners team, other than Nick Bosa, Fred Warner, yeah, there's some really good players all across the board, but he didn't really have any top top tier players, like in a secondary, for example. However, he did a terrific job putting his his players in the best position to really succeed throughout the season. You look at it on paper. As I said, they're not a really top-tier defense on paper. However, under the, you know, the leadership of D'Amico Ryans, they were really able to exceed expectations and some as a defense. For example, for example, you know, Talanoa Hufanga, you know, he went from being a backup to being a solid starting safety in the NFL. And just the way he really improved throughout the season, I feel like that's really a testament on how well D'Amico Ryans develops his players and really puts them in the best positions to succeed. You know, Hufanga is amongst a ton of other players that really grew under the leadership of D'Amico Ryans. And it really goes to show that D'Amico Ryans has a really good track record of really taking what he has and, you know, really putting the players in the best position to succeed, not only for the team, but for their careers as well. So that's that's another thing. And, you know, just looking at this team, it's an overall a very young team. And looking at all the potential candidates, I feel like Ryan's made the most sense for them. And now he is tasked with developing this young team that really has some nice pieces on both sides of the ball. On offense, you've got Damon Pierce, Laramie Tunsil. They also got wide receiver John Mechie, who, if you forgot, missed all of last year, but he is expected to return this season. So that's potentially another building block on offense. You know, if you don't remember, he was one of the top receivers in Alabama. I'm really excited to see how he looks. Then you got defensively, you got a potential star in Derek Stingley and a solid safety in Jalen Petrie. Not much, you know, not much else on the defensive side of the ball. Like, look, it ain't perfect. This Houston Texans team was in contention for the number one overall pick in back-to-back seasons for a reason. This roster isn't all that good. But I feel like there is definitely a foundation on which Ryans could really build upon in order to, you know, ultimately build a win in Houston. That is the main goal whenever you hire a new head coach is kind of give the, give him the time to build this team and... Win a Super Bowl at the end of the day. That is the goal of all teams, but it's not an overnight thing. And, you know, this is a step in the right direction for this Houston Texans team. And, you know, luckily for D'Amico Ryans, he has one of the most resources out of all the opening head coaching positions. This team has one of the most resources to really build this team the next season and kind of build it the way he wants it to be built. You look at the Texans. They currently own two picks in the top 12. 
you know, one of them being the second overall pick. And they have the fourth most cap space coming in at $37 million, according to Sportech. So, like, there's so many questions that he needs to answer, and he has flexibility to really build this team the way he wants to build. Like, for example, does he want to select, a, you know, his QB of the future with the second pick, or does he want to build defense and go, say, Jalen Carter or Will Anderson? And just wait for next year's QB class, which is expected to be better. This Houston Texans team, I don't expect them to compete in his first year, which is not, you know, nothing against D'Amico Ryan's. It's just this roster isn't built to really win yet. So could he go def- defense? You know, I spoke about how the defense really doesn't have any pieces, especially in that front seven. Could he look to, you know, not really be that impressed with Bryce Young or CJ Stroud and really go the defensive route and wait for, say, like a Caleb Williams next year? That's a question, you know, that's that he should he should be, you know expecting to answer really soon just overall or does he go quarterback defense it's so many options for ryan's and as a first year head coach i feel like that is the best position to be in and not kind of inheriting a team that you know you have to break down before building back up this team has already been broken down they're on this is as lowest as they can be now he can really build it up and build it up the way he really wants it so yeah so many options for ryan's and i'm going to be really intrigued to see what direction he goes in building this team but yeah, anyways, I can really go on and on and on about how I really love this hire. This is one of my favorite hires, if not the most favorite hire. I just consider this a home run hire for the Texans. as you know They got a guy who can really help this young team develop. And that is what a team such as the Houston Texans ultimately needs. So yeah, overall, A-plus hire. I am really excited for D'Amico Ryans and see what he can do at the head coaching level. But now shifting towards some other news. And this is breaking news yet again. Tom Brady has officially retired again. On his first year anniversary of retiring from the NFL, you know, last season he retired February 1st. This season he retired February 1st yet again. He has retired and this time, according to Brady, for good. There's really nothing much to say other than this man is one of the greats in the game. And I really feel like he's a player that once he's gone from the game, we will all really begin to realize how good he really was. If you get what I'm trying to say, there are these players that I'm, I'm one of the first ones, you know, a lot of people really hated Brady and really kind of doubted his greatness. But I feel like he's one of those players that once he's gone, you really start to appreciate what he's done and you kind of really realize how good he really is. But, you know, from winning the most Super Bowls to playing at a high level up until he was practically 45, Tom Brady continued to defy logic year in and year out, and he was continuously amongst the best QBs every single year. You know, just to show you how consistently good he was, you could argue that he has three different Hall of Fame cases in three different decades. In his 20s, 21,564 passing yards, 147 passing touchdowns, three Super Bowl wins. That's a Hall of Fame resume. In his 30s, 40,000 passing yards, 309 passing touchdowns, two Super Bowl touchdowns, two Super Bowl wins. That is another, you know, resume Hall of Fame resume case. And then in his 40s, when you think, you know, that's it, he's washed and everything, he goes out, throws for 27,632 passing yards, 193 passing touchdowns, and two Super Bowl wins. His, you know, career from 40 onward is a Hall of Fame case in itself. And that is really what, you know, is crazy about Tom Brady and what he has done. And really is a testament to how consistently good he was each and every single year. So I just got to really give him his props for that. It's just insane numbers. And you just got to give credit where credit's due. But yeah, Brady has officially retired. And looking at it, 
looking at the move itself, I think it was the right move. It just seemed like he wasn't really himself this past season. And I feel like with all that happened off the field and, you know, on the field with this team, I feel like this was the right time to really step away from the game. He more than dominated for over 20 years. As a Steelers fan, it really hurts kind of, you know, praising him the way I did. But you just, at the end of the day, I'm a podcast host and I got to give credit where credit's due. That's the point of Laces Out. I got to give my non-biased opinion. And, you know, congrats on a really good career, Tom Brady. You know, good luck and whatever your career now takes you to. But yeah, those were the really big biggest news of the week. Now quickly going over some other news. We got Vic Fangio. He has officially joined the Miami Dolphins as their next defensive coordinator. Check out the previous episode to really get my thoughts on his fit with the Dolphins. And I believe this was a really good move for him and for the Miami Dolphins. The Indianapolis Colts are planning to hold third round interviews for their head coaching search. This really shows how thorough the search has really been and it really signifies the importance of this hire. Chris Ballard, you know, you could argue his job is on the hot seat after a failed tenure with Frank Reich. So kind of hiring the right head coach is something that is key for not only this, you know, this ownership, but for Chris Ballard as well and as his job could potentially be on the line. So it kind of makes sense for you know the thoroughness of this interview process out in arizona those are the two spots left in this head coaching carousel rumors out in arizona are saying that their head coaching search is taking longer than expected due to potential head coaches being worried about potentially being stuck with kyler for the next four years i ultimately thought they were the least attractive opening along with the colts to be honest from the beginning you know i can argue that with deandre hopkins potentially getting traded, Kyler Murray being out for, you know, practically half of next season. This was a really unattractive spot for out of all the five head coaching spots. So that I really do not find this surprising, but that is definitely something to keep an eye on for sure. You know, are they interested in the likes of Shane Steichen, who is still in the Super Bowl? I definitely keep an eye out to see what they do out in Arizona. Out in New Orleans, they shake up their coaching staff, firing co-defensive coordinator and secondary coach Chris Richard. So they are completely shaking up that defensive staff. And Joe Woods was brought in for an interview, so he is a potential candidate to keep an eye on for the New Orleans Saints. And then finally, Deuce Staley has joined Frank Reich on the Panthers staff on what is expected to be an elevated role with the Carolina Panthers. Another major factor in this was being closer to his mom and his family. So that is some surprising news out in Detroit and Carolina. But yeah, that is really it for my Around the NFL segment. The stage is set, and we're counting down to the battle in Arizona. There's no better way to get ready for the NFL action than with DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of Super Bowl 57. New customers can bet just $5 and get 200 in free bets instantly. Plus, all new and existing customers can take a shot at an even bigger payout with DraftKings stepped-up same-game parlays. Boost your Super Bowl 57 winnings with each leg you add up to 100%. I for one have had a great experience using DraftKings all season long and I don't plan on changing that anytime soon. With the Super Bowl coming up, there are a lot of player props and same game parlays to choose from. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook though. Personally, I got my eye on a parlay that's coming in at plus 900 the last time I checked. It has Miles Sanders going over two touchdowns and Dallas Goddard getting 40 plus receiving yards. I believe this game has the potential to be a high-scoring matchup, and with the Eagles being the best running team in football, Sanders could be in line for a huge game. Now you can do this parlay or place any other bet you like only on DraftKings Sportsbook. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code TPPN. 
New customers can bet $5 on Super Bowl 57 and get 200 in free bets instantly. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code TPPN. That is code TPPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. Void in Ohio. See show notes for details. All right, let's get into our second and final segment. And this one is a segment that is more related to what happened this previous week. And that is the Senior Bowl. Draft season is officially underway, and we are getting a really early look at some of these impressive prospects throughout. So what I decided to do for my Senior Bowl content is kind of go and list an offensive and defensive roster from players that really stood out to me this past week. So let's start off with the quarterback position, Jake Hayner. I probably messed up his name, and I apologize. I'm really bad with names. But quarterback Jake Hayner. Now, this isn't like last year's class where it seemed like all the QBs were about to get drafted. You had the likes of Kenny Pickett or Desmond Ritter and so on and so forth. However, I feel like there is some potential from this QB room. They made some good plays. They made some bad plays. One of the more consistent QBs throughout the week, and that was Jake Hayner. You know, no one really stood out as a premier talent. But I felt like Fresno State QB, Jake Hayner, really looked solid. You know, making the right reads, kind of making plays when plays were breaking down. I feel like he really showed the most on a consistent basis. So Jake Hayner comes in at QB for me. At running back, Ty J. Spears. Man, this guy is just explosive. Just his ability to make guys miss in the open field. That is what I found ultimately really impressive from his performance this past week. And he just displayed that speed and quickness and some this past week. And he really improved his draft stock in the process. So shout out Ty J. Ty J. Spears. At wide receiver, I had three wide receivers that really impressed me. And the first one being probably the best receiver in the Senior Bowl. And that is Tank Dell. The man's route running ability is just second to none. He just consistently won the one-on-ones, you know, each and every single rep. And I felt like he went in as a projected day three pick. And personally, I could see him going day two, maybe earlier in the second round rather than day, rather than day three or the third round pick. He was, as I said, the best receiver in the Senior Bowl and just his ability to just stop on a dime, you know, quickness, just overall, he really impressed me this week and I am really excited to see how he kind of improves his stock throughout this drafting process. My other wide receiver out of Stanford, Michael Wilson. Wilson really took advantage of the stage by proving that he belongs, making some nice catches throughout the week. Coming out of Stanford and an offense that really struggled, he really couldn't display his talent as much as he would have liked so he really came in took advantage of the spotlight and i really look for wilson to continue his to improve his stock throughout i really like michael wilson as a player in the next level and then my third receiver i really could have you know a ton of other guys but Jaden reed the reason why i put him is just his speed was insane he looks to be a slot receiver at the next level but man he can turn on the jets at relative ease and he displayed that this past week consistently taking the top off the defense and that is what's valuable in today's NFL. So I feel like he can find himself a solid role in the next level. Now moving on to O-line. I only have three O-linemen. And these were O-linemen that really stood out to me. First one, Cody Mach out of North Dakota State University. His story is impressive. You know, from being a walk-on tight end to moving to tackle, he has had a really interesting career. Now at the Senior Bowl, they moved him inside and he has more than held his own, which is what really impressed me the most. I feel like he is definitely a guy I could keep. I would keep an eye on as we get closer and closer to the draft. I am really impressed by what he showed out in the Senior Bowl. And I feel like the biggest winner from the offensive side of the ball, at least arguably overall, 
and that is Dewan Jones, offensive lineman out of Ohio State. I don't really need to say, but he broke measurement records, he displayed his insane strength, and yes, he only practiced for one day, and as of now, the reason is unknown However, on why he left. However, I feel like he didn't really need to show much. You know, after his dominant display the first day, he probably could have said, I did enough, I really like the way where my stock is heading, and he just really impressed me in his like limited sample size. I'm really, I was really impressed by Duan Jones, and I'm really intrigued to see how he measures in the next level. And then finally, John, Michael, John Michael Schmitz, one of the more consistent offensive, offensive linemen this week. He was known as one of the top interior offensive linemen throughout the season. I didn't really see him lose a rep in all the videos and tape that I've seen. But yeah, I really feel like he showed that he could potentially be the best interior offensive lineman in this draft. So he is someone that I was really, really impressed by this past week. Now shifting over to the defensive side of the ball. Starting off with the defensive lineman Keanu Benton. He's a really big guy that showed his ability as a pass rusher throughout the week. Consistently beating linemen off the snap and just a quick get off was really impressive to me. And he just kept getting to the backfield with relative ease using a, you know, a combination of power and speed. I was really impressed with Keanu Benton and I felt like he really improved his stock a ton this past week. And now my other D-lineman. I know I, I got a pronunciation for him. And that is, I, I'm not going to mess this up, but... Northwestern defensive tackle, Aditamiwa Adibare. Aditamiwa Adibare. He really impressed me this past week, and I felt like he really improved as the week went along, and he showed his impressive ability to really rush the passer using his combination of his length and size and speed. It was just a really impressive display from him, and I was really impressed with the way he performed throughout. And now moving on to the edge rushers, and this is a guy who is probably the best player on the defense and by far the best pass rusher this past week, and that is Will McDonald. One of the guys that probably improved his stock the most, McDonald was one of the biggest winners of the week. He was consistently winning one-on-ones and just displayed his overall great pass rushing ability to the entire league. Now, I don't know where his stock is at now, but I could potentially see him sneaking into the first round, maybe going early second round. That is something we really couldn't say about him prior to this week. So I was really impressed with Will McDonald and I, I believe he was one of the guys that really improved his stock the most. Now, I'd, another edge rusher that I was really impressed with and that is Keon White. I felt like he displayed tremendous power and strength throughout and showed that he has a ton of potential at the next level. He's another guy I'd be really excited about. Now for the linebackers, even Pace Jr. out of Cincinnati. Now, I get he's an off-ball linebacker, but his pass rushing skills was on full display this past week. I feel like you know, he really struggled a bit in coverage, but that is that is all right. You know, he, he can find a role with some team. He can, I see him being a potential day three pick, but he really displayed his pass rushing ability, and I was really impressed with the way he consistently was able to get to the QB, and he really blew up running backs and, you know, pass rushing drills and whatnot. Really impressed with his strength and pass rushing abilities. But I would definitely keep an eye on him as well. And now for the best linebacker, probably from this group, and that is Diane Henley who I believe was solid all around. In pass coverage, he had some really nice pass breakups guarding really good running backs in this, you know, in the senior bowl. And he did a really solid job defending the run. So a really solid all-around effort from Diane Henley. I was really impressed by him a lot. And now shifting to the cornerbacks, which I believe is the deepest position in this upcoming draft class. Starting off, I got Tyreek Stevenson, who I believe matched up really well with all the receivers 
really held his own and really displayed his physicality and strength this week. He was one of the guys that I felt like improved his stock a ton. Cornerback Darius Rush, you know, now I understand Cam Smith is the guy getting all the headlines out of South Carolina, but the guy opposite of him is a really good player that you really need to keep an eye on. He's, Darius Rush is an athletic corner that just constantly made plays and coverage throughout this entire week. I was really impressed with his tape. And then my third cornerback, which I really could have gone, you know, with a ton of other guys, but I'll I, I'll save that for, you know, what I have planned throughout the draft season. But Julius Brents, he is another corner and as I said, what is expected to be a deep, deep draft class and probably the deepest position in this year's draft. Brents made a ton of good plays on the ball and I felt like he looked really fluid in coverage and I was really impressed with not only him but all the other cornerbacks out in mobile as well. Now for the final two players, safeties. First one, Jamie Robinson, who is a, you know, both of these safeties were really versatile, but Jamie Robinson really showed that he can line up across all over the field and I feel like versatility out of safety is what's kind of being, you know, shifted towards in today's NFL, and I feel like that would only help his stock, and he really displayed that he can play all over the field. That should only help improve his stock a ton. And then the other safety, brother of Chase Brown, running back out of Illinois, is Sidney Brown. Just Brown's ability, similar to Jamie Robinson, to line up all over the field, I feel like that's going to really help him, and I felt like he was one of the best, you know, all over the field. All, on the defensive side of the ball, he was guarding, you know, receivers, tight ends. It, just overall, his coverage skills, his anticipation and whatnot, it was just a really impressive display from Sidney Brown. And whether he was in coverage up front or in the back end, he consistently made plays on the ball and showed that he can really be a great player at the next level. You know, the last Illinois safety that played in the senior bowl, Kirby Joseph. And he has, you know, started to look really good for that Detroit Lions team. But yeah, that is my team of Senior Bowl standouts. I definitely keep an eye on these set of players throughout the draft season, and I would keep an eye on them throughout this weekend when they play in the Senior Bowl. With that being said, that brings us to the end of this episode. I really hope you guys enjoyed listening to this basically news-filled episode brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook. Be sure to tune into our episode next week because I got a ton of content planned out for you guys. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Instagram as well. Follow us at LacesOutNFLPod on Twitter and at LacesOutNFL on Instagram. And finally, if you like this episode, make sure to subscribe and leave a review on wherever you listen to your podcast. We are available on all the major podcast platforms such as Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and so much more. Thanks again for your support. I really hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Stay safe, stay well, and I hope you enjoy the rest of your week.